Welcome to the Strong Girl Squad podcast where I aim to help women with all things health and fitness, fat loss, confidence and mindset so that you can move away from restrictions, fad diets and unrealistic expectations so you can ultimately live a happier and healthier life. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to know more about working with me, please check the show notes below. Hey guys, so today I've got Sean, the behavior coach on with me today and we're going to be discussing stress, burnout, quitting, overeating uh, and a lot of kind of, I guess, hot topics that maybe aren't talked about as much that have a massive impact on weight loss, um, but also, I guess, just like general health and well-being and, you know, whether you can achieve the results you want to achieve. So I'm going to let Sean introduce himself, tell us a bit more about him and what he does, who he helps, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, thank you. That that's You're exactly right there. It is. It's the topics that people don't talk about um, because everybody knows what to do. They just, they may even know how to do it. Um, it's the actionable element. Um, and that's where the behavior change coaching has come in. My my background, um, I was a professional athlete. Um, I've PT'd for over 12 years. Um, and during that time, I, just like probably most people that listen to this podcast, struggled. Struggled with my weight. Um, I don't like the terminology weight. I was, I held too much body fat and, and I kind of like that approach. Um, but I struggled and, and I was probably the exact same as you um, that I thought I knew. Mm. Um, and it wasn't only till I till I retired from sport and also lockdown was a huge help for me. I know it wasn't great for everybody, but it was a huge, um, huge help mentally and business wise for me that I realized there was more to this. Um, and it took me down the route of personal development and then led me into human behavior, human psychology. Um, to understand that there is a bigger picture. Mm. There is a there is a deeper problem that we often avoid, whether because we don't know it or because we don't want to know it. We don't want to resurface it. Um, but with the behavior change, what it's done, it's, it's, allowed, it's allowed the results not only from my clients, but myself to accelerate and sustain, which is the most powerful tool. And that's why I, I took the step towards coaching over personal training, because I saw the returns. I love what I do. I got into personal training to, again, not only help other people, but to help myself. Um, And the returns over the past three years of doing the coaching and working with habits and mindset, belief, lifestyle, um, and really finding the root cause of the problems is returning incredible, incredible results. Um, There is certainly a time and a place for a PT. Mm. um, But when you go deeper for a lot of people, that's it's exactly what they need. So um yeah a lot of this is just purely evolved from from my own journey I think you are right though we think that maybe what we're struggling with is surface level but nine times out of ten for example there's a reason why you're stressed you're not just stressed or there's a reason why you're binge eating or you know maybe you're having a couple of drinks every night and until you delve in which let's be honest can be super uncomfortable I mean I struggle talking about my feelings or actually delving into things that I struggle with probably because I didn't want to. And I think that's the hardest part for people. But until you really delve into what's really going on, then you can't actually, I don't know if the right words fix the problem or the struggle, but you can't actually, you know, make kind of like positive progress in terms of hopefully bettering your life or bettering your, bettering your habits and actually seeing the progress that you want to have. Um, but it's 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 tough though, eh? Because it means people have to be vulnerable and have to actually accept that they are perfect. And 
I did a podcast on this the other week and perfect isn't normal although that's what I mean I know I've struggled that that's what people think you should be perfect and that's normal but really humans are imperfect we lead imperfect life uh, lives and the more we can normalize that I think the more people can feel more comfortable about actually going through shit in their life and it being okay and learning ways to manage that so yeah society society built us that way Mm. um to fit in to to avoid being mocked and to fit to feel upset because somebody laughed at you and oh hold on that person's getting a's they must be a a boffin or a a geek i need to bring you down to my level so i now feel better it's 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 deeply deeply drilled in and and that's one of the the biggest wake-up calls over the past few years is how much of our problems are today have been caused from or been created cause created from from childhood from teachers parents social groups um it's it's amazing because we we say we're grown up but when we actually look at ourselves we we a lot of us are far from actually being a grown up um because we're irrational creatures and our rational impulse behaviors are, are generally triggered from what we grew up with in in childhood well that's that's scary to think but there's definitely things that i maybe feel about myself or i mean i had a pretty good upbringing but you know families can be chaotic let's just say and like I do think there's aspects where now in my life probably has come from my childhood and that's probably something I need to address a bit more (laughs) by the end of this podcast I'll be there yeah it it is and and that's where the deeper root comes from and and that's why a lot of people do struggle up uh, struggle to to talk and obviously the, the bigger conversation in general and I'm not saying it's, it's for everybody but is is males talking up right it's the you know giving males safe, a safe place to talk because toughen up man up um and that isn't the case just just with males you know if if um you know if any if females were bullied or the teachers laughed at them and, and you had no safe place to to talk we just learn to keep it in we find a way to fall into a routine to keep keep us safe and then when we do, you know, this is what drives me um, a bit mad when we do come to those open up talks. It's um, open up, talk to somebody. If that worked, people would do it. Yeah, yeah. But, and and I say to a lot of these people, you know, because you see these uh, like mental health first aiders and stuff like now, which is fantastic. But like, please tell me how I would approach somebody who needed to talk. How would I give them a safe space that they would actually want to talk to me? Because I say it a lot, I don't know about you, Chelsea, but I say to people a lot, hey, I'm here for you, mm. if you want to chat. Do I ever get a response? Honestly, no. And that's the thing, I'll, I'll be honest, if someone said that to me right now, and I there was something going on in my life, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't reach out and kind of let them know how I was feeling. Even if they said, like I say that all the time, I'm like, you know, because I would hate for anyone to be going through an, you know, an incredibly hard time and feel like they couldn't or they had no one that they could even just speak to, like not for help, but just to let it out. Because sometimes actually even just speaking about a difficult situation, for me, it allows me to acknowledge that it's happened because otherwise I, I've always been the person who's just, I guess, try, thought I should just get on with it. Like I know things will get better. I'll get on with it and I'll just keep moving with my life. But because I haven't actually let myself acknowledge that that this thing hasn't happened, of course, it's going to arise in other areas of your life, isn't it? Yeah. And that's where the buildup of, of stress and burnout starts coming into play is, is stress is, I think there's a huge misconception on stress. 
you know, people see stress as I want to rip my hair out. I want to shout at that person that just cut across me at the roundabout. That's not stress. Stress is created. And, and don't give me some of it is actually very healthy and it keeps us alive. Mm. Um, but we, we have a huge misconception of stress. And what a lot of people are suffering from at the moment is that chronic buildup of it because it's that underlying it's like hey if you ate 50 calories over every day mm. for a year you're going to gain weight but it's just 50 calories it's just an apple yeah but it's that slow incremental not one recognizing your stressors um and not having a healthy stress management um technique which is is important because stress is an energy that needs to be released mm. and what you just said there is about holding it in it's completely the wrong way of yeah. of managing stress hence why exercise is so fantastic because mm. it's a natural stress relief which releases endorphins um which is a pain preventing happy hormone yeah um which doesn't make any sense but um that safe place to release that stress mm. consistently is why people who go to the gym are less stressed than people and it's not just the gym it's sport as well chelsea it's you know, it's being active. It doesn't have to just be weights if you don't enjoy weights. Um, but it's just a safe place to release your energy. It is. It's moving your body. Like that, that's a lot of the like the reason I train now is because I know it just it, it releases that happy endorphin. Like even if I can't be asked to get to the gym, I make myself go. And halfway through the session, I finally perk up a bit, and I'm like, I just know every time I leave the gym, and not necessarily just the gym. Like it could be any training session. I feel ten times better. I think shit. You know what? considering I didn't feel like doing this and I felt all this stress or whatever it was and I bloody pushed through and I did it like it kind of does give you a bit of like I don't know if the words motivation or confidence that to try something else to make you feel better but one thing you know when you said about recognizing stressors stressors, stressors what yep. what can people recognize that, like for someone who doesn't think they're stressed what would be some of these signs that we could like look for Okay, so what's the most interesting thing is there's three concepts to burnout. There's three um, visual uh, or, or physical ways of knowing that you might be burnt out. One is detaching yourself from from work. Mm. If you normally work okay and suddenly you just now don't want to do it, that's a sign that there's potential burnout. Um, there's the opposite of working harder and harder and harder, but not giving yourself the credit for working hard enough. Like, oh, I haven't done anything today. And somebody looked to you and went, you've done 50 things how could you not have seen this um and the last one is uh, emotional exhaustion just literally physical emotions crying and and things like that so they're the three elements of, of a sign of burnout which as we now know is created by chronic stress a build-up yeah. of of stress um the one example i love you know the engine light on your car that comes on that everybody's terrified of that orange yeah. light yeah okay if you took your car when that light came on it straight to the garage your car would be fine the the damage would be minimal the cost would be minimal how many people drive around with that orange light on yeah. until the point the engine explodes okay <laughs> um so there are low like this is this is the thing that i found most fascinating um signs of just getting a cold yeah getting a blocked nose ulcers all the stuff that we link to having a cold is actually a sign of um imbalance in your body stress and and burnout um fatigue restless sleep um dry mouth dry throat literally everything that we re we go oh i'm getting a cold i'm getting the flu i'm getting a bug 
is often an early sign of hey. Mm. I mean, I can definitely. I a lot of the time I will recognize that if I've been working flat stick, and then suddenly I get a cold. Like I'll be honest, at the moment I feel like I'm getting a cold. But I don't know if that's because, you know, I've been quite social the last couple of weekends. I've also still been working flat out. But I think now, like, even hearing you say that, I do recognise that because normally I feel pretty healthy. So I guess, you know, with something like physical like that, you don't normally attribute it to potentially like that underlying reason or that underlying stress. But again, we just kind of think, oh, we got a cold, we'll get on with it and we'll keep doing what we normally do. And then it probably gets worse and then we end up bloody bedridden. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, it's not to go the other way and go, right, I need to really do nothing and, yeah. and never, ever, ever get this. We need stress. We need it to to grow. Life is life has always been and will always be about evolution. And there's two factors there, which is stress and rest. Right. You stress. And even when we look at, you know, plants and, and everything like that, they, they go through a stress phase and then they go through a rest phase. And it's no, we're no different. So it's just knowing when to to manage that so that you don't go, to, you know, people do go to the hospital seriously ill and the doctors say you're burnt out. Mm. Um, there's a fantastic TED talk if you ever want to watch it, um, anybody on, on the stress cycle, if you just YouTube TED talk stress cycle. Um, and that's where I've got a lot of my knowledge from. And the, one of the, it was two sisters and one was an expert in stress and the other one ended up in hospital due to chronic stress. Oh, um, so, and th this, this is where the kind of the topic has, has um, arrived from, but it's, um, yeah, it's fascinating. We do need that stress and rest. We do need to challenge ourselves. But the way I look at it is um, showing up on your worst day is important. Mm. But that doesn't mean 200 kg deadlifts. That doesn't mean burpee backflips. That doesn't mean um, avoid the ice cream when your body's screaming out for just a little bit more calories. Um, it's maybe going for a walk. It's maybe reading a book on your personal development rather than actually physically working on your personal development. Mm. Um, so it's, it's showing up and doing tasks that are simple, that aren't going to push you over the edge, but then allows you to still feel like you're moving forward. I think that's very true because if we when we get in those states of stress or burnt out or fatigue often we can't I know personally you know sometimes you can't be bothered or maybe your mood or your energy is not there but often not doing anything at all makes you feel even worse so like what you just said it doesn't have to mean you need to go to the gym and smash out or get your calories perfect every day or get your 10,000 steps. It could simply just be getting out in nature, getting out for a walk, because I think psychologically you still feel like you're making an effort for yourself. You know, you're getting, and also bloody getting out for walks and getting in nature. It is relaxing. I mean, now that it's the summer days, it's a lot easier. <laughs> not, not, <laughs> yeah. not so easy in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Even just like getting out of your house or in out of your room, suddenly I know for me I feel like I'm not so clouded. I feel like because I'm in the open air. I know I don't know if this makes any sense, but I don't know. I just feel slightly less stressed or slightly less fatigued because I feel like I'm in this open air space and I'm not confined to my room or my house. So yeah, I think it's still very important to show up for yourself because when you don't, I do think you make yourself feel bad even without knowing because normally you're so used to doing all this other stuff you're so used to being on the ball and then 
not doing anything at all, I, I think could send you a little bit further down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it's quite fascinating when I was doing my research on, on stress and burnout and actually people who work from home are saying that they are more stressed and burnt out than people that are working from the office. Now that doesn't relate to what people are saying, right? People are saying working from home should be less stressful, but the stress has just changed. It's gone from the commute and getting home late and not seeing the kids to not being able to detach, not being able to relax. Mm. I find it hard. You know, I've gone from a gym environment 30, 40 minutes away from my home to being here 24 seven. It's hard. The laptop's sitting there. Something pops into my head. It's very easy to go to work. Um, so, and there are, there are a lot of people pushing now nature and something, I don't know if you've seen it. There's something about water. There's a, there's a study going around about water that if we spend like 20 minutes around water, how much it massively reduces our, our stress. Um, and I would highly advise doing it because I've stopped a couple of times by the, the lake near us and just stared at it, let the dog eat some grass um, and just stare. And it is, it is therapeutic. Um, so there are lots of studies around that at the moment. I actually would say like I went to Bournemouth like a couple of months ago and even just being near the ocean, I mean, I'll be honest, I was there for three days. I didn't touch the water at all because it's freezing. <laughs> it was just something about being near the water and being in that open space that I know we're in Bournemouth and I guess Bournemouth's quite big. I don't know. But I'm not, I'm really mm-hmm. bad at those things. Um but I just felt really peaceful and like really free because you were near the water. I think that's one thing, like, I suppose it doesn't have to be the sea. It could be like you said, is it like a little lake or something that you go to? Yeah. It's just by, it's just by my house. It's nothing, nothing major, but it is, it's just anything, it's anything water related. I study, I'll have to find it. Um, I've seen it quite a few times, but yeah, I think it's like spend 20 minutes a day by just by water doesn't have to be an ocean it can, it can be a lake or a stream or something like that but it makes sense like how many times have we gone to the beach and just been relaxed Absolutely. you know we don't sit there on the beach and go I need to work I'm so stressed you you generally do relax so it makes an awful lot of sense but you know it's quite funny because we we've gone from kind of like overworking to knowing whether um you know is it that laziness or burnout to now completely relaxing and that's the strategy that I use a lot with my clients it, it's knowing when to know and then knowing when to know. So it's knowing when to sit down in your pajamas and chill for the day um, to go to the beach and do nothing. Or knowing that you need to go for a walk instead of the gym. It, you've got to find that balance. And the more you raise your self-awareness on your burnout, ulcers, feeling poorly, you can then make those decisions. Because it's quite funny. You could lay on the couch all day. And one day you're happy because you planned it and you're chilling. Mm. And the other day you're unhappy because you haven't planned it and you're bored, even though it's the same activity. So true. So true. (laughs) So knowing when to know and knowing when to know is very important to, for your, for your sanity, for your, your self-control, your self-awareness. Do you think that comes from becoming more self-aware? Like for someone who doesn't, I guess, doesn't know how to gauge that yet. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's a chill day or whether, you know, you need to get up and go for a walk. How how would you recommend, or even for yourself, how do you use that kind of method to make sure you're kind of getting it right? So for me personally, I've just done it by mentally asking questions to myself. But I, I do often ask my clients to have a notepad with some questions on it, especially when we're talking about habits rather than just kind of random thoughts. Um, You know, just asking yourself, like, how am I feeling? 
Um, you know, what time of the day is it? Um, you know, what am I craving? If you ask yourself these questions, you're bringing your subconscious thoughts to the forefront of your conscious mind. And what a lot of people don't know is your mind is controlled by 5% of your conscious mind, just five. That's nothing, eh? Your subconscious is is 95% of your mind, but your subconscious is just a yes person. So if you say, if your conscious mind says, I want chocolate, your your subconscious, which is way more powerful, just literally goes, yeah, no worries. It's like, you know, the, the book that I got it from, it describes it as the 5% is the captain of the ship and the subconscious is just the workers and it's just, they just do what they're told. Whereas if you're, if you raise your awareness by bringing your subconscious to the notepad, by writing things down, it's amazing what you find out and it's amazing what you're now aware of. Mm. Um, when I say I ask myself questions, my, my issues over my, my weight years is kind of like, okay, well, where am I overeating? Because Initially, I was dishonest. I ignored it. Um, and then it came down to portion control at dinner time and snacks after dinner. The snacks after dinner one is okay. I've, I still have it, but I've gone from 500 plus calorie chocolates to now a protein pudding or mousse or something like that. You know, it's a huge difference in calories. But what I would say to myself is like, I would just, I would just say, you're not hungry. Well, yeah, I'm not. Say, okay, well, why are you eating? I literally have this conversation in my head. Some people think it's mad, but you know, as you and I know, Chelsea, we have to talk to ourselves, right? <laughs> Otherwise, nobody will. Seriously, um, you do. <laughs> but that's that's where the awareness, the awareness came from, knowing where I was overconsuming, and then finding a solution to challenge it, to have a, just a grown-up conversation, not to call me stupid, not to call me an idiot, not to to say I couldn't have it to have a grown-up conversation with myself to find out what are you doing? Mm, I agree. I... Uh, Sorry, you go, you go. No, 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 go for it, yeah. Um, Something I recommended to a lot of my clients, um, again, because I, I actually did it myself, is, and it's, it's similar to having the questions, but, you know, journaling just at the end of the day. And, you know, some of the questions that I've asked them to ask themselves is what went well, what didn't go well? Because, like you said, creating awareness around what's going on enables you to find a solution because when you don't write things down or you don't acknowledge things and you continue to live your life day by day and you don't actually get like we spoke about before to the root cause of whatever's going on but asking yourself and I'm a physical writer I like literally writing things down again maybe that just because it means it becomes more real but you know for people who said what didn't go well well, like you just said, maybe it was a fact that they completely overate on, you know, lunch and dinner. They then had a whole, you know, Easter egg. But at least that's them acknowledging what the, you know, struggle was that day. And then, you know, another good question is, well, what can you do tomorrow to, it doesn't have to necessarily mean like, so that you don't absolutely kind of go over your calories again, but to improve so that maybe tomorrow you don't overeat as much. And again, I think it's that whole idea of just because you overate in your calories doesn't mean you've ruined all your progress. It doesn't mean you failed. It doesn't mean you should give up. I often say to clients is that the only failure is literally giving up and throwing in the white towel and not to sound too harsh, but do you know what I mean? We, everyone goes through shit. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has struggles every single day. And I think the difference between people who are successful and who aren't 
obviously the ones that get up the next day and despite they know they probably didn't do so well the you know the day before they're still going to get up and they're still going to have another go at it and I do honestly believe that people who continue to get up and continue to give you know whether it's a fat loss goal or whether it's a business goal or even it's just you know working on your relationship with food or whatever it is as long as you keep getting up and you keep giving it a go regardless of if you feel like you've failed you will succeed at some point but it's yeah. you know it's when you let it get the better of you and then decide you know what screw this I'm not going to bother bother anymore and generally you're going to feel worse anyway so you might as well get up the next day and give it a go even if you fail yeah. you're even one percent better because you know at least you gave it a go as opposed to not giving it a go at all yeah and that's the that's the thing right it's perception isn't it because I would say like You've eaten, you've eaten uh, chicken, rice, and broccoli today, but you haven't got the parade out. Where's, where's the parade? So just because you've had an overconsumption day, you haven't called. Why, why do you need to call the funeral directors? Um, and th th there's a difference, right? There's a difference between planning and unplanning. Planning creates happiness. Unplanning creates unhappiness. Unhappiness is a big trigger for why people overconsume food, mm. um, because um, quite often what we search for in unhappiness, which your brain doesn't like, it's you're not going to be happy all the time. Um, there's some fantastic books on uh, the brain and happy hormones, which I advise everybody reading. Um, the Habits of a Happy Brain is a fantastic book. Um, but you've got to find that balance. And when you're unhappy, your brain knows that starch and sugar increase serotonin. Okay. Um, it's immediate. I feel sad. I feel great. Literally, like almost like that. Okay, but the funny thing is, the irony is, is obviously then we get into that weight gain cycle of overconsumption and emotional eating, binge eating, whatever you want to call it, which then leads to more unhappiness. So you're now stuck in a vicious cycle of trying to balance your happy hormones incorrectly. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, if a client has, in a sense, you know, messed up, I would always just bring them back to re removing the negative emotion from it, because if you see it negatively then you're going to look from happiness and people aren't going to go, you know what, I've messed up. I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go and hug my spouse. They're going to go for what's quickest and easiest and what the brain knows. And that is food and alcohol, quick, quick calories. Um, so then I would reframe it to, okay, well, you know, what have you learned? What do we need to focus on? How can we use this as, as a good thing? You know, not being rainbows and bunnies, but just flipping the, the kind of the reframing of what's happened. Um, but, you know, what a lot of people who, who do struggle with weight gain, weight loss, fat loss, what you do need to know is breaks and plan breaks are essential, even more essential than deficit itself, because without them, you are going to have breaks, as some people know that as plateaus or off track, but it's a negative emotion. And that's why a lot of people find it so hard because they have a negative relation to it and they only source of happiness immediately is calories. Mm. I mean, whereas if you plan the break, when you plan the break, it creates happiness because you've won. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Now your dopamine's going crazy mm. because your dopamine is a, is a winner, right? One of the factors of dopamine is searching for more wins. Mm. So if you reframe your failures, because without, without failure, there's no success. Very true. Very true. So, but we've somewhere along the way, we've lost that where people have laughed at us. Our ego has been damaged. Um, and we've now as adults see failure as final. Whereas when we were kids, failure was the best thing in the world. 
because mm. it allowed us to live um, and it's a huge element of success I definitely think reframing e- like even just reframe just say you're going through a difficult situation or whatever it is and sometimes just like you said reframing the words can make you have a different outlook on it um, and it's it is it's hard because there's a lot of people who don't have enough self-awareness and not saying it's their fault they've just never maybe they've just never thought enough about creating that self-awareness for themselves but until I think you have more self-awareness and for example you know write those questions down and the thing is a lot of people don't want to spend five ten minutes right you know taking that time either out of their day or at the end of the evening to make themselves aware of what maybe went pretty shitty and what you know they have to improve on but until you start recognizing that and that's the most uncomfortable bit recognizing what potentially you did you know I don't want to say fail on every day but you know you struggle with you cannot resolve it you cannot move forward you like you said it will just continuous continuously be a vicious cycle and I just think it's it's just such an uncomfortable thing to have to deal with and that and a lot of the time, unfortunately, people, because it's hard, they won't do it. But what is harder is never getting to the root cause of what, what you're actually going through and then spending the next 10 to 20 years going through the vicious cycle of, you know, potentially emotional eating and then weight gain and then losing weight and then, like, you know, all the unhealthy things that that does to your body because, you know, when you lose lots of weight and then you put it back on and then you do it again, your body's thinking, like, what the hell's going on here, mate? And then you suddenly end up with potentially worse you know health issues yeah I... yeah it's, it's choose your heart yeah choose your heart and the, the you know this is fantastic this is absolutely incredible what it can do but it also it's 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 pretty lazy it's mm. a deleter there's no purpose and, and we just quickly rewind you know it because it, it's a deleter if we write things down, if you saw my office and my gym, there's whiteboards and notepads and, and, and everywhere. Because, and my emails are all from me because <laughs> I've emailed myself. Um, there, there is a power. There is, a, there is, and I don't, again, I don't know what it, the exact facts on it, but there is a power connection between with writing mm. over audio, over visual. There is a powerful connection between writing down your thoughts, hence why journaling is so successful. There is actually a connection there that makes it so powerful. Um, hence why people get results you will not speak to a successful person that says um, yeah I don't write notes mm. every successful person you uh, pretty much I could guarantee will write some form of of notes um, and yeah one of the interesting things you've said a couple of times there about kind of the evening time I don't want to look at the negatives in the evening there's two things you can do again the reframe so I've reframed my Sunday check-ins to um what went well and what went wrong i've changed reframed it to what went well what needs more focus what is more of a, what needs my priority so i've changed the focus from a negative into a positive so then i'm more inclined to do it because it's a nice feeling but what i would suggest that people do is plan the night before for the next day yeah it takes the You're stress out your... doesn't it yeah, yeah, it takes the stress. It takes the uh, unpredictability. You're literally getting a win first thing. Mm. Um, again, which is send your dopamine. We love task lists. We yeah. love them. But when you write on there, go to the shop or do the washing, that doesn't align with your goals. That's a to-do list. We need a win list. You know, what, what are we, where are we going to get our, our wins? Um, and as lo- if you can see the kind of the reframe and how can I make my brain happy? How can I make my brain want 
to do this rather than fight against the negative feeling, you create so much less friction. It almost, the amount of my online clients have said like, <laughs> one guy said, if it's this simple, I'm going to be absolutely fine. And that's what it is. It is that simple. It's just not easy. And when you get your wow moment, it's quite then easy to relay it across to to other areas. I'm not saying it will work continuously, but it's powerful when you create a healthy environment in your head yeah. to let it thrive rather than constantly beating it up. Absolutely, because you're not in the right mindset. Do you know what I mean? We've all been in low moods or maybe, our, like you said, egos got knocked or whatever it is. And then you just can't, I don't know, I when I'm in that mood, I can't see the positive or I guess the light at the end of the tunnel in other areas like and it's completely normal and I think a lot of people don't they may, maybe they think they're the only ones feeling like it and that's why I like doing these types of podcasts I really enjoy because hopefully when someone's listening and they're going through this or if they go through this at some point they realize like what they're going through is actually really normal and literally everybody goes through it it's just maybe some people uh don't sh- like don't show it as much if that makes sense maybe they come across and but that could be because they don't deal with it that could be they're just trying to like put it to the back of their brain but you know underneath they got shit they need to really um delve into but yeah I think listening to stuff like this is like it's just nice knowing you're not alone especially if you're currently going through this position because then you think well these are some ways that I can hopefully manage it or like there is hope in terms of the way you're feeling you can kind of overcome it but again it's about like people have to put in the work they have to create self-awareness they have to take the time to acknowledge how they're feeling or what you know maybe they could refocus their efforts on that they can do better Mm -hmm. and and the way to look at it is um how many times have you been upset Chelsea how many times have you been stressed in your life (laughs) quite a lot probably (laughs) have you overcome them yeah 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 we do yeah we we you know for, for most of us some people obviously wait till it's too late and that, that you know and it, it's not going to for everybody for, but for most of us and most of our problems we overcome them naturally mm. you know we're poorly we, we we get better um we're stressed we get better um and and i like people to use real life scenarios have you done this before have you overcome this before no okay has somebody overcome this before yeah okay so it's possible right and if you reframe it into real life scenarios, hopefully then you can start to believe a little bit more. Even if you don't then just go, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fixed. At least you can start to believe because a lot of people don't believe. They've tried to diet for so long. They've tried to fix their problems for so long. <laughs> they just fall into what's easy because they haven't got the mental energy to do oh. it anymore. And they don't believe. The amount of people that have, have said to me, no, I don't think this is, this is possible. It's 100% possible. People are healthy people are in shape people are happy in this world it is possible and belief is a huge place to start and if you can bring that into a real life scenario and and then obviously believe it because it is real life then you know that's a fantastic way to reframe and reaffirm without then actually lying to yourself Mm. um because some people don't like affirmations yeah um because then you know i am confident no i'm not doesn't work yeah um whereas if you use real life scenarios okay have you ever been confident well yeah i was the captain of my netball team okay brilliant did you win yeah we won loads of trophies okay so we have been confident that's a good way to put it a eh? because like you said it, it gets them to actually believe 
in what they're trying to to be or trying to achieve and I guess that leads to like you know if you don't believe you can do something no wonder you want to quit no wonder you do quit because what you, you kind of think like well if I can't do it then what's the point of me even trying and I guess it's like reframing that and and I think it does take improving your mindset and making your mindset stronger because I I generally believe once you master your mindset I'm not saying every day you're going to wake up happy and every day your mindset's strong and then you're going to be like yeah I can do I anything is possible but I think it's getting to know like on the days that you really can't be asked or you know you are struggling with something just having that belief on building that belief that you know you will get through it but using those real life scenarios I think is a great way to do it because like you said they either have done it before maybe not in the same context but it just allows them to see that you know they can get back to that point yeah what what we need everybody really to know is being unhappy and being stressed is very 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 normal mm, yeah it, it, it's part of our survival we can't be happy 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 all the time it's physically impossible for our happy hormones to have that balance I, I think our brain would probably actually explode mm. um if all of those happy hormones were up and, and high so there is always a balance it's just making sure that you're not accepting of who you are in that moment yeah that's the biggest part is that you're okay to be unhappy it's fine um chill out for the day or do you want to find a solution you know you can get a little bit of you know how many times we go to hug our friends and loved ones when we're unhappy it's because it releases oxytocin it gives us a burst of happiness um so there are simple solutions to increase your happiness quickly but you know it's okay it's fine just don't go into chronic unhappiness because you are accepting of who you are in that moment and you mm. believe that's life it's not it can be fixed quite quickly if you're willing to fix it and, and yeah you know the henry ford in my opinion said it best if you think you can or think you can't you're right yeah Such you're right but here, I, I use that I use that all the time with my clients when they talk to me and I, and I say I said you're right what's the point I to see their face drop like oh I wasn't expecting that reply I was expecting you to motivate them no fine don't do it then yeah, you know it. that kind of reverse psychology a little bit isn't it but it, it, it does it wakes us up a little bit I also think now maybe I've just got a different perspective like you know when you're going through stressful times or you're feeling a bit shitty or whatever it is I think when you get past it or even when you're in a really happy state, it makes you appreciate that happy state or that stress-free state so much more. And not to say you, like, I don't always think when I'm going through a really good patch, just say with work or whatever it is, I'm not in the back of my mind thinking, I know this is going to end. Like, I'm I'm not negative thinking that. But I'm also realistic in knowing that I'm not always, it, things aren't always going to go as smooth as they are. So it really makes you appreciate that time while you have it. And I hope that doesn't sound like Debbie Downer, but that's just the way I kind of look at it. And like the same as if, you know, you're going through a little bit of a bloody road bump, you do have to believe that it's not always going to be like that or whatever that stress is causing you. Like that's something that I try and like encourage my clients to look for. Like, yeah, it's pretty shitty at the moment. But I also think like when you go through and like this is what you said, you know, you know, you got to fail to grow, etc. When you go through these difficult times or these stressful periods, like it, it does help you become a stronger person, because if you create that self-awareness, you learn how to manage yourself in these situations so that hopefully if a similar situation arises in the future, I'm not saying you're going to breeze past it, but you hopefully will be 
even 1% more equipped to be able to deal with it or do something that makes you feel slightly better or, you know, moves you forward in that sense. Yeah. Your whole life has been a challenge mm. from day one. It's not changing. No. Looking for easy and comfortable is is looking for a lie. Yeah. It's not there. It's not there. Something's coming. Something's coming. We saw that with COVID. Who could have predicted that? I know some people said they did, but yeah. <laughs> who could have actually predicted it? Something's coming. Oh. And, you know, creating a thicker skin, having more resilience, um, understanding that you don't have to be accepting of who you are, all of this stuff on that, on that personal development, that self-development, isn't bunnies and rainbows. You and I both will struggle. I told you how my day went yesterday, okay? Mm. Um, and this is the element of, one, showing up on my worst days. Um, you know, I know my, le my levels of stress. I can even still feel in my stomach, you know, with, yeah. with what went on. And if anyone wants a small insight, it's a situation with an extension and a nice uh, gentleman online. Um, but, um, but, you know, showing up on those worst days, but also the reason why eat me up is I learned a lot from my sporting days to control the controllables. Mm, I love that. Love the, I can, I cannot do anything with that extension. I mm. cannot do anything that's in the hands of other people. Now I cannot do anything. There's no point me losing sleep over it. <laughs> um, the comments online, um, no, they have come they haven't come from a happy place mm. because people who are doing well don't have time to bring other people down it's you know, that's just life they're too busy working on themselves i've learned that through my own personal development where i used to bring people down but that was only to make me feel better so i can get by a lot easier now with what i've learned of course it's still going to affect me mm. you know you having a bad day on on your in your calorie deficit or a bad day at the gym it's very normal to to be upset about it. You can't, you can't be like, yay, I failed. I'm going to succeed <laughs> one day. That's not a normal response. <laughs> but you can reframe it into a point of, you know, it's just, it's just an off day. It, these things are going to happen. There's going to be multiple of them. Multiple. And it isn't just down to stress and injuries and, and colds. You know, there, there's life incidents. And, and then, you know, your COVID and the cost of living crisis and, and all this stuff. There's always something. And if we can create that thicker skin in our self-awareness, our stress will be reduced on areas that they don't, we don't need to be worrying so much about. Mm. There's definitely, yeah, because, I mean, I guess it's so individual about how a situation will impact someone and... I think when you create that self-awareness, sometimes things that used to stress you the hell out, you get more comfortable with them. And then you realize, you know what, I actually don't need to let it affect me as much as it does. I'm not saying it's not stressful, but just managing that. But the control of controllables is something that I bloody love. And <laughs> I, okay, so I say it in probably not as a um, compassionate way, but I, especially for myself, I say that, you know, if I'm going to complain about something, I've got two options. I either do something about it, like, or I don't, or I shut up about it. And if you're going through a situation where you have even like, like 1% control over it, then you need to do something for that 1% just to make, even it's just to make yourself feel better. Um, but if you can't control it, then there's no point kind of worrying and stressing over something that you cannot physically have an impact on. And I think it's important in that aspect to then look at, right, I, I have no control on that situation, but what do I have control on? Because that is ultimately going to make me feel better. And 
again I know it's not an easy mindset to create but once you do get to that point of you know not worrying about shit that you have no control over it's like a bloody like it, it's like a weight off your shoulders because mm-hmm. now you probably have time to stress about the real things <laughs> yeah yeah I got called ing- ignorant quite a lot in lockdown you know when all my mates were talking about this guy who dri- driven to his other house and this guy who you know this other politician that broke the and I'm like why are you letting this consume your whole day yeah. what are you going to do about it are you going to go and stand out inside his his house and and push for you know for the government to to sack him or are we just going to get on with our days and try and figure out what we can do right now um I I, I lost you know I said I lost there was there was a number of PTs that I knew pre-lockdown that aren't PTs anymore mm you know, because they they saw the they they saw the lockdown as different to you know people like you, you and I or you know it, it and that's how it works, right? Um, I don't know why I ever came up with the, the number six, but I always used to say, look, if it's not going to be a problem in six minutes, six hours, six days, six months, it's not a problem. That's all right. It's not a problem. I picked up a lot of little things <laughs> from you today that I'll be like <laughs> using day to day. <laughs> But it isn't it isn't a problem because it will be gone. It will be gone eventually. And it's just a worry right now. And that's that's a bit just a bit of our mammal brain, right? It, the, our brain is its main function is to keep us alive and keep us safe. Yeah. Um and when a problem comes, we have that our problems when we used to have the mammal brain was lions and and danger. We don't have those now. It's Boris and you know, and where, how much the butter costs in the shop. But we still behave the same way. So when we catch them, like, look, talking about five pound butter or whatever it is, what's it going to do? It's only going to cre- create more of a negative feeling, mm. which is then you're going to look, you're going to increase your stress and then you're going to resort to food. It's just not worth your time, your effort. What else could I be using that energy for? And if you have a purpose in life, a passion and a purpose, whether that's yourself, your business goals, your family goals, it's easy to flip from negative to forward thinking because mm. it's taking up too of your too much of your time and energy like i said to you with the guy that was just basically trying to have an argument with me my time and energy is way too precious to try and prove a point and trying to win an argument so i will remove myself because i need that energy elsewhere yeah that's so true there's <laughs> a lot of people i think that are bloody keyboard warriors i just <laughs> i just i don't i don't get it because i'm like i hate confrontation i hate i know everyone says they hate negative situations but I do my best to avoid it. And I think that's why I don't make comments or I would never like comment on someone's stuff, even if I thought, or maybe that's not so correct. Just because I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to get involved with that. But that is in terms of like, you know, something that I'll do is like, if I'm feeling bloody stressed or anxious, I don't know if this sounds silly, but I'll think, you know what, in a week's time or just say I'm going through like a stressful thing or whatever it is. I'm like, you know what, in a week's time, this will all be sorted out. And then you get to a week's time, you think, thank God. But sometimes <laughs> you do have to have forward thinking, like you said, because if you just continue to like dwell on whatever you're going through, you are going to stay in that negative mindset. And then unfortunately that will have an impact on other areas of your life or your work or your family. And sometimes you just need to take the reins. Yeah. And the thing is as well, like you said, that, you know, planning ahead is, is great. Like learn from your past, live in the now, plan for the future. But when it comes to stress, and this is where a lot of people get wrong on why the TED talk on stress cycle is so fantastic, because it is a cycle. Mm. And what we tend to do is we tend to miss out on completing the cycle because we hold it in. 
So we do need that stress energy out. Now, that doesn't have to be a 60-minute workout. That could be 10 push-ups. It could be full body tension. So like literally just tense up every part of your body and slowly count down from 10. Um, one thing that I use that people, I don't know, they might think I'm a little bit weird, but I, I roar kids if I feel like they are getting louder so I don't shout at them I yeah. roar why because it shocks them and then we all laugh afterwards and we all start <laughs> roaring but so there's no negative link there to me shouting at them negatively and seeing them you know because shouting I now feel better because I've got my stress energy out mm. but now their feelings are hurt yeah yeah okay so I get my stress energy out safely by catching that I need to release this we all laugh and now everybody is now happy and behaving and you know because it's not often it's not always often just because they're naughty you know they just it can get it can get overwhelming but i've released it safely i haven't taken it out on anybody and that's what we often do when we're stressed is somebody gets it right yeah somebody gets it whether it's the checkout person at sainsbury's um or whether it's your partner or somebody somebody gets it eventually whereas if you can release it safely nobody needs to get it looking for that I guess healthier outlet yeah exactly true like when you're stressed like you don't mean to but you do take it out on people and I just think like sometimes I'll see bloody people at a checkout being absolutely rude to the checkout people and I just think mate what the frick are you doing like do you know I mean they've not done anything to you they've not uh, and that's on that person like not being able to find a healthy outlet for their stress it's yeah it's a tough gig really isn't it <laughs> but that's the thing it's, it's it's not fair and it's not right to take it out on somebody but the problem isn't the checkout person in that in that example yeah the the build-up of what that person has been going through and not being able to release it that's the problem whereas if you can release it healthily via a regular exercise regime that's going to just lead you long term in a better mm. position if you need that short-term release there are strategies that you can dance in you know, the whole concept of the stress cycle was we're out in the savannah, a lion chases us, we managed to make it back to the tribe, and then we dance and celebrate that we are alive, that we survived, stress cycle complete. We don't have lions. We don't have lions anymore, not in not right here in, in the UK, um, in the wild, but um but the the our stresses are not as serious. Um and because they're not as serious, we don't release it. But when we do, like there, we we have to release it. Something has to come out. Mm. And it often comes out in argument, in um, in attacking somebody who doesn't need to be attacked. Whereas that, could, that problem could have been solved a lot earlier if we start to understand the stress cycle more and how we can release our stress energy safely. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think that's bloody important. And I think it's so important to recognise, like, exercise and eating healthy. Like, it goes far beyond clearly like this is what we've just been talking about just losing weight do you know what I mean like exercising chemically makes you feel better do you know what I mean eating healthy foods nourishes your body and I think it's about doing these things and reframing again you're not you know exercising to punish your body because you feel overweight you should be exercising to nourish your body because you know that's what it needs if you want to feel fitter and healthier and if you want to be running around with your kids or your grandkids and it's the same with food you shouldn't be thinking right I need to restrict calories to the point so I quickly lose this weight you should be thinking right what can I fuel my body with that's ultimately going to make me feel better and feel good and I think the more people come to realize that you know weight loss fat loss whatever it is 
it's so much it, there's so much more to it than just the surface level stuff that normally gets talked about yeah and that's the difference right the person who joins the gym in january and is still there the following january is training for their well-being mental health strength confidence the people who quit before march are chasing the dangling carrot and trying to chase off burning food and trying to chase weight loss and that's not how it works the gym does not create fat loss all the sales stuff that you see online fat burning workout ab blaster 2000 you do not gain fat loss from the gym you gain fat loss from a calorie deficit and I learned that with through my hockey career, as I said at the beginning, I was a pro overweight athlete. I trained six or seven times a week intensely. How mm. was I overweight? Well, because I was overeating, because I wasn't managing my sleep, my stress, um, and and just general nutritional habits and behaviors. I was doing what was easiest, not what was right. Um, and you know that that's the difference is is weight loss i don't again it's not like i generally go fat loss but for weight loss purposes so people have understand um um is a byproduct mm. personal development and growing as a human it's just a byproduct and if you focus on the most important areas that area will come and it will come effortlessly yeah you're so right eh? so right that's the scary part it, it does it's it you just don't feel like you're doing it like eating in a calorie deficit a, sh- a small calorie is easier you don't get the cravings as much you don't get the hunger um you know when you do overconsume, it's one beer because one beer is enough like there's mm. it, it's a lot to say for working on your personal development um yes getting a coach can help but i did all mine through books really that's brilliant yeah and podcasts sorry the, the the biggest changing point for me was a podcast that led me to reading more but yeah it took me on this on this journey and eventually i did get a coach a business coach but it didn't start with one it started with personal development yeah. me taking action and that's that's what it is and um you know and a lot of people sitting here might think that their problems are big right now and they probably are but the solutions to fix them aren't yeah that's the difference you have to have that patience you have to trust the process and you have to embrace the journey it's a journey it's own you said earlier if you don't quit you're going to get there it's not a matter of if you'll get there it's just a matter of when and that should excite you it is exciting i can understand why not seeing a particular because as humans we want to see like you know we want to know can we lose this uh weight or fat in six weeks i can i can understand why hanging on in there can be freaking hard because you don't have or you don't see an end goal but yeah. once you start once you start to enjoy the process and you because i like exercising it sh- it shouldn't be something you despise like if you if you if you're doing the right things and the right things that fit into your lifestyle like i'm not saying you're going to go into every session bloody jumping for joy but you shouldn't <laughs> be dreading it because if you dread it every time you will never ever stick to it like yeah. it's just a bit and that's the same with like just say whatever nutrition that you're following if you hate the food that you're eating or if you like if you generally think I know I won't be eating this in six 12 weeks time then there's no I don't think there's any point doing it because you can't see yourself doing it long term and you will give up I wouldn't if I was eating something that I didn't like I wouldn't be sticking to it that's for sure but (laughs) yeah and I think it's about like doing a bit of your own work and whether that is you know investing in a coach I, I think if you know you're not someone who can apply yourself well and you need that little bit of help. Like getting a coach doesn't mean you have to be with them for 12 months. Sometimes if you get the right coach, you could spend three months and learn 
the bloody bare basics and the basic habits and principles to one achieving fat loss but most importantly learning how to maintain it and then you'll feel you might feel shit you know I'm pretty I, I know what I'm doing now just because you invested that little bit um but it, it's so individual you know some people can mm-hmm. do it on their own and some people can't but it's yeah. about you as an individual taking action and because otherwise nothing will change yeah the program that I have here is um the the most popular one is my 12-week program between eight week eight and week 10 is when people get that light bulb moment Mm. and quite often after those sessions everything is just a touch up and a recap after that it's not anything new um whereas my pt a lot of my pt clients have been with me for years um i put up a review yesterday from a client that had been with me for five years what's the difference they rely on me for their training with the coaching they are gaining the knowledge and the awareness and the skills to be able to do it by themselves, which most people want to do. They don't necessarily want to invest in themselves every month for, you know, every year for the rest of their life, mm. but it's taking it on and learning, which is hard. Learning is difficult, right? It's a new thing. We've been to school. We've been to college. Why do I want to learn more? Cause we're always learning. Yeah. There are four, there are forced phases of evolution in your life. You know, when you start walking and you go to first school and you go to secondary school and your first, boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever then you've got you know turning into an adult and having kids and being a grandparent there's force phases of evolution but that doesn't mean they're the only ones mm. I think the learning <laughs> part do, hard, eh? yeah it's what you do in those gaps in the middle but again if you have a purpose to do it you've used quite a lot today which I love surface level weight loss goals is no different than you saying I'm going to go to the shop at 5 p.m mm. has no meaning it just you know you should probably do it yeah when you find out why you want that weight loss, what's the reason? And, and I challenge my clients on this to ask these one of these two questions is how will weight loss change my life or how will it benefit my life? And then probably somebody will say, oh, I'll, I'll, feel, I'll feel happier. Okay, well, how would feeling happier in your body change your life? Mm. Challenge it. Challenge it so you dig deeper because some people don't know how to dig deep. Yeah. They... And that's what you've got to find is that purpose behind the weight loss which will then increase your motivation to to take action. I think it's, it is hard um, for people to try and understand their why. Because like you said, they just thought, oh, maybe they'll just lose a bit of weight just so they can fit into a dress or just so they can go on holiday. But it's not just that. And until you understand your why, which can take time. And I also think like, yeah, I mean... It's just hard to figure it out if you're not in the right frame of mind. But ultimately, you'll never get there unless you give it a go. Um, and even for me and you, like day and day, we're still working on ourselves. We, like you said, we 100%. still have challenges. We're still, you know, trying to do more self self development. And I know for myself, like I go through a lot of the same struggles everyone else does. I guess one thing that I make sure that I do is write things down or what happened how can I manage it or if I'm feeling shitty will I go for a walk just because I know it will make one percent difference and it's it is about taking action because without action you're not going to get any further are you yeah and that's that's what we we said earlier right it's turning your awareness in what's like what I call actionable awareness so you've got to then take the action and this is where people come short because they feel like it's six days in the gym it's only eating rice, chicken and broccoli. Mm. Um, you've got to do CrossFit. Um, you've, you can't go out for dinner with your friends. 
BS. It's absolute BS. Um, it's so much simpler that it could be just drinking one more cup of water a day. It could be taking your steps from 5,000 to 6,000. It could be reading one page of a self-development book if you're not reading it. It's an actionable task that you're not currently doing. That could be one squat. It's something to get you started to build momentum. Yes, we want results quickly. Amazon Prime has screwed us over with instant gratification. They've absolutely screwed us, but they don't do body transformations. Okay, if they did, there would be no other company in the world, right? So we we do have to understand there is a delayed gratification here. There is a a journey, it is a process. Anything that has been sold to you as a rapid fire is being sold to you as a sales. I don't know if you have Chelsea, I've been there. I've used the, hey, this much in this time, you know coaching gurus told me to do it so I did it um my process is a lot different now I've grown um and I understand the power of long-term sustainable results and crushing short-term diets and myths just purely to take your hard-earned cash because they it's so easy to do it is so easy to do isn't it and that's the thing like as humans we want instant gratification because it's freaking easy like do you know what I mean? If achieving fat loss and achieving your ultimate fat loss goals was easy, bloody everybody would be doing it. And hence why there's probably a lot of people who are currently overweight. But it's fucking worth it. Like, do you know, like, when you have been working super, super hard at something and you don't give up and then suddenly it all comes together, you think, like, I would much rather work so hard at something and it take me bloody a long time to get there and think shit like I went through all of this stuff and I persevered and I got there then someone hand me it on a plate like on a plate and also just say if someone handed fat loss to someone on a plate they wouldn't maintain it because they didn't know they didn't do any of the work to get there so they don't know how to maintain it and it's it's yeah I'm just I, I like people who work hard and the feeling you get from working hard and persevering even when you really really wanted to give up getting there is it it just like it motivates you but it also gives you the confidence to bloody do so many other things in your life that you once thought wasn't possible because of your maybe like limiting beliefs and then suddenly Mm -hmm. because you've achieved this one small thing you know I mean even if it's like just consistently exercising for six weeks like at one point you probably thought you never could do that but now suddenly you've been consistent at it you're like shit I can actually keep going and then, yeah. you know, as we spoke, it's just about getting up the next day and trying again, whether you fail, where you, whether you make improvements, it's just, that's the only option forward, I think. Sometimes I probably yeah. should show a bit more compassion in terms of how I explain it. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. me, but. It's easy, it's easy for us coaches to get frustrated. And it's, mm-hmm. I think, again, as coaches, it, it's very normal. But then, you know, what I do is, is again, empathy, I think, is a, is a very big thing that we should all use yeah. because we've all gone through our own journeys and they're all different. And again, going back to childhood, how our parents were raised and, you know, we can go, we can strip it back as far back as it needed to go. Mm. And we do have to have empathy that, you know, as much as I've, you know, maybe I've struggled, I haven't struggled in a way that somebody with, with PCOS or hormone yeah. deficiencies has, has suffered. Um but, you know, for me, what, what I always come back to is there is a solution for everybody. And if I if I don't have it, I know where to find it. That's what I've got to kind of push in my coaching is I can find this for you. I can learn about it mm-hmm. if I needed to to take my knowledge in a, you know, in another direction. Um, so, yeah, 
I prefer challenging over hard. I think a lot of people, when it's hard, they don't for a solution. I think challenges are great. They're exciting. And when we overcome it, we get our dopamine hit, we win. But most of the time, when we use those type of words, a lot of people still think that they're, there's the solution to their problems are a lot bigger than they need to be they're not you focus on today what do i need to do right now that improves me from yesterday mm. yes if i said look i normally don't drink that for example and i'm going to drink that today some people go what's the point what's that going to do well it's forming something it's creating something it's creating momentum and if you then flip your reframe into like wow i finished that today if i keep doing that then I'm going to get results. The old if, when, then statement, fantastic thing to look into. Um, but it starts to build momentum because you're starting to see them as wins rather than well, what's the point? That's mm. not going to do anything. Surely I've got to cut out carbs or, you know, do some clean and presses with hundred kilos on my back. Surely it has to be that difficult. And that's where we come up stuck. Um, and yeah, something you said a second ago, I was just, all I was picturing was, with, with cave women Chelsea going uh, fire now or die cave now or die eat food die it's that instant we need it now it must be difficult but we don't live in a difficult world anymore mm. a lot of the stuff is ready for us um, and you can either use that for good or you can use that for laziness and evil because everything is is done for us you're right. I think focusing on the day at hand, and I think I spoke about this in one of my podcasts last week, um, and actually a, a client that I was training, I think it's like one of the steps to like for alcoholics. Um, and in there they say, all they reframe it as just for today, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes when you literally just focus on today and you don't think about tomorrow or next week, like, things don't feel as stressful and as overwhelming because like you can only get a certain amount done in this day and suddenly it's gone from potentially 20 things to maybe three and then like if you're in that state of mind where you need to just focus on today it really does help take the overwhelm and that's something I've used my clients use and it's funny how just reframing again it, it can it can significantly change how you feel about a situation or your stress levels or you know whatever it is <clears throat> so I think I quite like that term just for yeah. today just for today it's, it's catching correct isn't it it's catching your negative thoughts and negative words and correcting them straight away mm. um you know if it's on message like if a client says to me oh, I'm going to try and go to the gym today I'll just reply with the word try question mark <laughs> um because, it, you know, that's all you have to do, right? You don't yeah. actually have to go. You just need to try and go to feel better. Um, and a lot of people don't have the awareness to catch at the moment. And again, that's where conversations with, with people like, like you and I, because we are able to support with that and help. Um, but, you know, just correct, get correcting negative thoughts that don't align with what you want and mm. on the spot correct them. Reframe or reword your phrase or re rewrite how you want to say it. Um starts to it starts to drill in this new this new connection in your brain remember all of these behaviors why they're so challenging is because these connections are just flimsy they're mm. not strong they're not strong like you're eating chocolate one or you know you're whatever you whatever you form for decades for most yeah. of the people that are probably listening here it's flimsy so that then comes on to the topic of habits which is again a, a fantastic topic and uh, one that people need to know about 
because we want to eliminate bad ones or, or reduce bad ones. We can't get rid of them completely, but create new strong ones so big and so powerful that the other ones is just like a little whisper in, in the back of your head. No, completely agree. I reckon that's another podcast we should do because I know that could <laughs> be like quite a big one, but I'm such a fucking believer in habits. So yeah. I think it's something that people need to learn more about because ultimately the habits that you instill into your lifestyle will allow you to either achieve the results you want to but also just create the lifestyle that you want to not necessarily just about fat loss but do you know what I mean getting even professionally getting there um is there anything that we haven't talked about that relates to this that you think would be that you want to talk like want to talk about or want to add in no, I think we, you know, we've covered an awful lot there. And one thing I, I try to make sure with the coaching is to not create overwhelm. Yeah. Um, because to do more than one is to do none. So, you know, my advice to anybody that is listening that's taken on board today is we spoke about a lot, and I'm not expecting you to take everything in. Mm. I would just home in on the most important area for you and work on one thing. Because what you'll find when you're habit forming or anything like that is if you focus your attention on one, often others will follow. And if you just look at, again, I'm not a massive fan, but you look at diet clubs, people that go to diet clubs don't just necessarily focus on calories or sins. They constantly do then look at their water, mm. planning food. Other habits tend to form naturally around one focused area. Just you're doing it in an area that's not restrictive, that's enjoyable. Um, and you're learning and embracing yourself along the journey. So make sure you simplify it. Ask yourself, how can I make this easy? If weight loss was easy, what would it look like? Yeah. <laughs> um, and simplify it as much as you can, that there's a starting point. Because remember, a lot of people think it's motivation that gets you started. It's not, it's action. Mm. Results, you see the results from your action. That motivates you then to get more results. Mm -hmm. So you need to find the action starting point because if you're waiting for motivation, you're going to probably be waiting a little while. You are bloody correct. Action, action is the biggest thing. Without action, you get nowhere. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it could be something as simple as just drinking more water today. Hydration it can lead to all sorts of positive things that reduces cravings and, and overeating. It can be so simple. But mm. celebrate the win. Celebrate the win when you get it. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Absolutely. No, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, and if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, where is the best place to reach out? I'm heavily, heavily active on LinkedIn at the moment. If anyone's there, and I'm just uh, just my name, Sean Thompson, S H A U N. Um, if not, I I do on uh, YouTube and Instagram. Come under the Behavior Change Coach. So I am I'm quite active on a lot of platforms. Um. So, uh, yeah, just see either search out. I know I've got Taurus here. That's in it for another day. Um, that's but, um, yeah, either Sean Thompson on, in, on LinkedIn or on the others. It's just the um, at the behavior change coach. Brilliant. Well, honestly, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. And I've learned a lot and I picked up a lot of um, <laughs> like quotes from you or the way I can reframe things. And these are things that I'm going to, you know, pass on to my clients. But, yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming on. It was a great chat. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. I'll talk to you in a bit, eh? Cool. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you found this helpful, make sure you like, subscribe and share this with someone you may think would also find this episode helpful. If you'd like to chat to me, you can find my details in the show notes below.